It's Sunday morning, and we gave all of you a paper here, Mother's Day Origin. I'm going to go into Mother's Day. We don't believe in Mother's Day here. Mother's Day goes back to paganism. It goes back to the same thing as Christmas and Easter. It was the celebration in the ancient world of the mother of the gods. And in in so-called Christianity or in the Roman Catholic Church, Mary was called the mother of God being Christ. And she wasn't the mother of God. She was the mother of that human body because he was God before he came into her womb. He was the God in the beginning. Now, this is just notes that will tell you something about it. I won't give you everything on Mark 3.31. That's a bookmark. Turn over to Mark 3.31 and Mark 10.28. But before I do that, let me read to you some things about Mother's Day. Most people don't know and don't understand what Mother's Day is actually about. Oh, I had my notes here. Here they are. Mother's Day. In the Encyclopedia Britannica, we're talking about a respectable set of study books. Encyclopedia Britannica, a festival derived from the custom of mother worship in ancient Greece. We're not talking about some fly-by-night book. We're talking about Britannica. Formal mother worship with ceremonies to Sybil and Ray, the mother of the gods, were performed on the Ides of March throughout Asia Minor. Some historians believe that the earliest celebration of Mother's Day was the ancient spring festival dedicated to the mother goddesses, and that was the same time as Ishtar that they inserted Easter, and that's a long story, and I don't have time to go cover all of it. The ancient Greek Empire had a spring festival honoring Ray, R-H-E-A, R-H-E-A, now if you really want to know all about Mother's Day, go online and look up origins of Mother's Day or pagan origins of Mother's Day. Honoring Ray, wife of Kronos, which was the horned god, that's where Satan gets his horns, that was also supposed to be Nimrod, and mother of the gods and goddesses. In Rome, there was a Mother's Day-like festival dedicated to the worship of Sybil, C-Y-B-E-L-E. She was the mother of the gods and what we call Turkey. They call that Asia Minor over in this area right here. She was the mother of the gods, and in the same area, Osculopius, the serpent god, with the with the sun rays behind his head, that's where they got the halo. The halo is the sun god. And uh, let me read on here. In spite of popularity of Sybil and sporadic occasions honoring mothers during the Middle Ages, it was not until 1914 the proper combination of sentimentality, idealistic promotion, and hard business sense impelled the United States Congress to designate the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. 
Therefore, is Mother's Day pagan or not? Based on my research and the above information, Mother's Day was originally pagan and used to worship a pagan god. That Mother's Day has has nothing to do with the United States Mother's Day. Well, it goes on there. Now, I've got all kinds of articles on this. I can't read it all. You can go online and get them yourself. Mother's Day, a traditional practice of honoring of motherhood is rooted in antiquity. Ancient rites had strong symbolic spiritual overtones as societies tended to celebrate goddesses and symbols of motherhood. It goes on into Sybil and Ray in this article. And that was nothing but Venus and Mileta and Aphrodite and all the rest of the mother of the gods. And they got a nice looking little picture. Looks like something off of uh, out of the Saturday evening post by that famous artist. It probably was by him. And it's the origin of Mother's Day is weirder than you think. All right. And he goes on to talk about they had a time. It was a woman named Anna Jarvis that she never was a mother, but she wanted to promote this as to honor her mother. What you're doing is you're honoring Anna Jarvis's mother. She wrote the Battle Hammer of the Republic, and she really didn't have a lot of conviction because she went to the Pope in Europe to try to get the Pope to get behind the Mother's Day thing. And when it was, it really came about because of the Pope in America. Now, church mothering Sunday originates from the 16th century when Christian people returned to their mother church. Mother church is what the Roman Catholic was called because the Protestants came out of Roman Catholicism protesting men like Zwingli and like Luther and like Calvin. They were all Roman Catholic priests and they were complaining about how the Roman Catholic Church was selling indulgences, indulgences where you could go to the priest on on uh, Monday and pay for sins that you would indulge in on Friday night or Saturday night when you went out drinking with the guys. And you could pay for sins you were going to get into. That was uh, prepaying a, a sin on the installment plan. Uh, the principal definition of a mother church in the Oxford Dictionary is the church, especially the Roman Catholic Church. Mother's Day comes out of Roman Catholicism. Church is considered as a mother in its functions of nourishing and protecting the believer. Well, that's exactly what the church is. It is a mother, and we'll see that in the Bible, but it's not the Roman Catholic Church. Then it goes on, those who attend the main church were commonly said to have Gone a mothering. If you were a Protestant and you went back to a Roman Catholic church, you were gone mothering. Although whether this has preceded the term mothering Sunday is unclear. Mothering Sunday became a day when domestic servants were given a day off to visit their mother church, the Roman Catholic Church. And it all goes back to Catholicism. Maybe a little bit out of this other article here. There's all kinds of material. Just go online and look up pagan origins of Mother's Day. You can look up pagan origins of Christmas, pagan origins of Easter. It's all paganism. That shows you how far from God that America is. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas and Easter and 
there was no Mother's Day in early America, so they wouldn't have been celebrating that. But it was against the law to celebrate Christ's Mass, which is Roman Catholicism, and Ishtar, which was the resurrection of Tammuz in the ancient world, in the spring. And notice this is all the spring. Mothering Sunday, they said it was the second Sunday of Lent. That's a 40-day period where they where they mourned over Tammuz, who had died. They mourned 40 days for him, and they began, that morning began on Mardi Gras, the 15th of September every year, and that means, Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday, and then the next day, the Roman Catholics brought the 40 days in by mourning for Tammuz, and they started on a Wednesday, and they called that Ash Wednesday when they brought it in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, these are my notes. These are my notes on Mother's Day. Right here. I just had D type these up. This is just a bookmark, Mark 331. We've got to go to Mark 331 in order to actually find out who our mother is, according to the Bible. Let's look here in Mark 3, in verse 31. Let's start reading there. There came then his brethren, Jesus' brethren, and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto Jesus, Behold, your mother... And thy brethren are outside seeking you. They're outside the house. Usually the crowd was so heavy around Jesus, they couldn't get to him. And Jesus looked around about them, which sat about him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of the Father, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. That's who my mother is. Those that do the will of the Father. Well, we're going to go further into this. Look at that next verse. Mark 10. Mark 10. We're going to use this as just a lead going through this. Mark 10. Now, most people resent this in churches because everybody's recognizing their mothers this morning. At some church, we don't. You know what always bothered me? They recognize mothers, but there's women in the church that were barren from from the time they were old enough. They never were able to have kids, and that's like saying, "Let's lift these women up above these others over here that can't have children." To me, that is abusive, and it has to make those women feel bad that couldn't have children. Besides that, what are we doing honoring something for, honoring women for something that God did? Now, look here in Mark ten twenty-eight. Then Peter began to say unto them, Lo, we have left all, we've left everything and followed you, Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, our father, our mother, our wife, our children, our lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold. 
Now the Charismatics pick this up and say, see, if you leave your land, you get a hundred times as much land. That's not what this is saying. If this is all literal, then you're going to have to have a hundred mothers and she's going to have to be pregnant with you a hundred times, right? And she's going to have to have a hundred brothers and sisters for you if this is talking about literal. And if it, he, she's going to have to be pregnant all the time for the rest of her life, right? If the lands is literal, then so are the mothers and the brothers and the sisters. Are you my brother? My brothers are those who do the will of the Father. That's my mother. That's my brothers. And he shall receive an hundredfold. How would that happen? Well, my house is your house. My food is your food. My car is your car. If you really need, I don't mean somebody comes and says, give me your car after church. I'm saying you really need something. We will find a way to get it for you. Now, we can't bring, I've got a hundred people wanting to move here and uh, wanting to be a part of this ministry. I got people from overseas wanting to move here. We don't, we're not some big uh, conglomerate ministry with a whole lot of uh, motels and rooms and all. We just don't have that. We'll help you all we can to come here, but we don't have a bunch of rooms here. You'll have to have some money when you come here. And now in this time, and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. Oh, oh, whoa. You get the persecutions with it if you forsake all. And in a world to come, eternal life. Now look over here in Luke, the 14th chapter. We're still talking about mothers. Who is our mother? Those that do the will of the Father. Let me write that on the board. Our mother. Mothers. Well... Hold on. Somebody left something in there. Our mother. Are those who do the will of the Father. Right? Now, a verse that really confuses people over here in the 14th chapter of Luke. Let's kind of straighten this out about mothers, okay? But not only mothers, brothers and sisters, and yourself, and you. All right? In Luke, the 14th chapter, Jesus is talking about a man who's setting out a dinner for people. And he said, all these people begin to make excuse. And he said, they invited their friends and their brethren and their kinsmen there in verse 12. And they all started making excuse. And here's the excuses they made. Verse 18, they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said, I have bought a new house, a piece of ground, and I need to go and see it. I pray, have me excused from the feast. What would the feast be? Remember the word law is the word nomos? Nomos is the word law. It means legally prescribed food for animals. In our case, we are sheep. 
So it's our prescribed food. That's what it is. This is God setting out his banquet for his family. Then he says, and one began to make excuse. What verse was I in? 18. They all began with one to make excuse. The one said, I bought this piece of ground. I can't come to eat of the law, eat of God's feast. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I bought me a new lawnmower. And I've got to go out and mow the grass and, and take care of the yard on the weekend. I don't have time to come to grace and truth. And I go to prove them, I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I married a wife and she won't let me come there and listen to predestination. Christmas is pagan. Have we heard that before? So that servant, therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord those things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the head of the poor. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the P-T-O-C-H-O-S. That's the Greek word. It means those that are emptied out. To the poor, to the maimed, to the halt, to the blind. Those that couldn't see the truth in the Old Testament were the Gentiles, and I have an elect family among them. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. The Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highway and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper of my law there went a great multitude with him and he turned and said unto them if any man come unto me and hate not his father who makes an excuse for not serving me and his mother and wife who makes an excuse for not serving me if you think you can excuse yourself from the festival of God you're wrong and sisters yea and his own life You've got to hate your own life. He cannot be my disciple, my mathetes. You cannot be my learner. You cannot follow me. He also said, my learner. He says in the next verse, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, Cannot be my disciple. You can't be a follower of Christ without a daily cross. But you have to know in this day and time, you had to be condemned to a cross. You couldn't die on a cross if you were a Roman citizen. You had to be a slave or a criminal. Jesus was crucified as a criminal. They said he's blasphemed and he's made himself God and the Pharisees killed him for that. But he said, they didn't kill me. I laid my life down. I could have called ten legions of angels and they couldn't have done a thing. So you have to have a cross, but you have to be condemned to it. Where does a cross come when? I've had people say, how do you have a cross? Well, you have a cross by going out in public and telling people the truth about predestination, about Christmas, and they'll get angry and they'll crucify you. And that's what this is about. Give them a paper back there. Ben and Holly. Somebody give them a paper. Thank you, D. Now, 
he said you have to have a cross and there in verse 33 so likewise whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple you cannot follow christ what does that mean forsake all you have give everything you have away no it means in your mind you don't live for that and you don't mind being free-hearted and giving to people who are in need that's what it means And you'll forsake everything in your mind except looking out for others. You'll quit looking out for yourself. And that's something America don't believe in. Now, I want us to look at at our mother. Who is our mother? We've already concluded. It's those who do the will of the Father. That's bugging me on the board. I'm going to try to get that off. I picked up something. Well, that ain't going to. I'm trying. Y'all excuse me. I picked up an eraser and it had something in it. All right. Who is our mother? Those who do the will of the Father. I'm going to keep saying that. It's not the woman that bore you. It's not who your mother is. Now, let's look here in Galatians 4. We've already put it up on the board. Our mother... It's those who do the will of the Father. Jesus said that up there in Mark, the third chapter. Now, Galatians. Galatians 4. All right. I like this. If I can ever get to it. My pages are having a hard time turning. Galatians 4. And you start reading here in verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by bondmaid, the other by a free woman. One was Hagar, the other was Sarah. But he also was of the bondwoman, was born after the flesh. I could go into the story of Abraham, Sarah giving her, him his handmaiden because God said, you're going to have a son. And she said, I don't ovulate anymore. I can't have children. But of the free woman was by promise. God promised him a son, even though Abraham, that Abraham's loins were dead and Sarah's womb was dead. And that's resurrection. That's the gospel. And that was preached to Abraham. Which things are an allegory of those. Of These are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which genders to bondage, which is Hagar. The son of Hagar was Ishmael. But this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Oh, whoa. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is our mother, right? All right, Jerusalem is our mother. You know what mothers did in the ancient world? They stayed at home, they took care of the children, and they taught them at home. That's why the Lord would continually say, do not give your sons to their daughters when you come into this pagan land. If you do, the mothers will stay at home, and they will teach the children 
paganism. We don't want that. That's exactly what happened when Israel went back from the captivity and they go back over there and they're rebuilding the temple. And Cyrus, not Cyrus, Ezra was a priest of God and he went from Babylon back over to Israel in the third decree. And when he got there, he saw that Israel had intermarried with the children of Ashdod, of Ammon. Those are cities that are pagan. Ashdod is in the land of of the Philistines. If this is Israel here, and the land of Ammon is northern Jordan, and Ashdod was a city over here in what we call the Gaza Strip, but that was the land of the Philistines or the land of Anak earlier than that. Anak, that's where the Anakims were. And they were tall, giant men. That's not the same word as in Genesis 6. Don't have time to go into that. Now, all right, where was I? Jerusalem is the mother of us all. But what is Jerusalem now? Let's read the rest of this. So if Jerusalem is our mother, and our mother are those who do the will of the Father, and that's our brothers and sisters, that's the church. Well, we'll see that in a minute. Let's read the rest of this. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren, talking about Sarah, that bearest not, break forth, and cry that thou travailest not, for the desolate hath made more... Ch- has many more children than she that hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born of the flesh was persecuted, persecuted him that was born of the Spirit. You know that's a picture of? That's a picture of the inner and the outer man, isn't it? The outer man is the flesh. Paul said, my outer man is fleshly, the inner man is Christ. And there's a wrestling match going on between the two in fact that is the narrow way the narrow way narrow is the word thalibo and thalibo is a form of thalipsis thalibo is the verb thalipsis is the noun and thalipsis is the word tribulation from one end of the new testament to the other and it is tribulation when you go after the flesh with the outer man and it takes years just like it has with me for God to beat me up real good and get my attention and make me go after the inner man and over the years the inner man will overcome contention and strife and pride and arrogance and all of that sin nature we have in the flesh and when you get old you'll have a thin veneer of sin but most of what you are will be the fleshly inner man. That's how it works. Now, but we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We said last week that Isaac was raised from the dead loins of his father and the dead womb of his mother. They couldn't have children, but they did. They had Isaac because God promised it to them. So when Isaac was born, all of God's children are called in Isaac in the resurrection. But as then that uh, 
but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit even so is it now nevertheless what saith the scripture cast out the bondwoman and her son get rid of this outer man and that takes a long time for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman so then brethren we are not children of the bondwoman but of the free and our mother is Jerusalem now let's go to the next verse look over here in Ephesians Ephesians 6 Ephesians 6 I'm looking for I got so many things to say here all right Ephesians 6. Now, all of these are going to come together as you see them. Galatians, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I like the word right. Decay. The word righteous is the word D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. The word righteous, this is the stem of the word right here. They're basically the same word, right? And righteous. They're both doing what's right. And what is right is in the heart of all believers. And you know what's right. Don't you? Should I go into this X-rated movie? I'm not going to answer that. I had a guy come here one time and he said, is it just as sinful to eat a jelly donut as it is to uh, go out here and go to a bar and drink? I'm not going to answer that. You're an ignoramus. He thought it was wrong to uh, eat fattening foods because it makes you fat and makes you overweight. Well, what about your metabolism? Does that have anything to do with it? I got a real high metabolism rate. I can eat a lot of things. It takes a lot for me to gain weight, but I do gain it. I only gain it after I was at past 50. My greatest desire was to weigh 150 pounds. I was nearly 100. I was nearly 45 years old, but ever weighed before I ever weighed 150. But that's my metabolism rate. Don't judge people for that. Now, Then he says, honor thy father and thy mother. Boy, has that ever been thrown in my face as a child? Has it ever been thrown in yours? Huh? You honor me. You let me have my way. You go to the store and get me a a six-pack of beer. If you honor your mother, T-may is the word honor. It looks like time. It's pronounced T-may. It means to place a value upon. Well, if you place a value on your mother, aren't you going to tell her the truth? Mom, I can't do that. Is it wrong to tell your mother to quit cussing? No. Is it wrong when you find out that uh, cigarettes will give you cancer? Is it wrong to say, Mom, you're going to die with cancer? No, it ain't wrong. 
Is it wrong to refuse to go to the store and get her some cigarettes? No, that ain't wrong. If you don't raise your kids right, I'm going to try to tell your kids how to raise you right. Because that, I had that thrown in my face all my life by my father, who was ornery as a snake. He was a Baptist preacher, but boy, he was mean. People say, you don't you didn't like your father. No, I didn't like him when I was with him. He would make your life miserable. And he was a Baptist preacher, but he'd pick up two befores and threaten to hit men with them. He'd pull a gun out and shoot, at their, shoot over their car. Did I like that? No, I didn't like that. He was honored as he could be. He thought, I got saved. I walked out, so I get to do that. No, you don't. I wish he was here so I could tell him this. I'd like to be able to tell him, you've been wrong all your life, taking advantage of people and hurting people. So was I supposed to let him get by with that? I did let him get by with that when I was a teenager because all I could think of was honor your father and your mother. But notice what it says. Honor thy father and thy mother, but it doesn't call the father and the mother parents. The word parent is the word gonus, G-O-N-E-U-S. Parent is the word G-O-N-E-U-S. It comes from the word gene or genomai. Genomai means to cause to be or come into being. And our genes are our makeup, and this word genus means the parent is the one that brought you in the world by their flesh. But that's not the father and the mother. Because your father is God, and your mother's the church. It's those who do the will of the father. Now, let me finish reading this. Honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise. Boy, that's great. Your father, when you honor your mother, honor mother, I want you to remember these things that I'm putting up here. Honor, place a value on your mother. Timae. Honor mother is first commandment with promise what in the world does that mean you've read that all your life what does that mean it's got a very important meaning with promise first commandment with promise all right where are we this is going to take us over to exodus the 20th chapter this the, the next thing on your list It'll tell us what the first commandment with promise is. Let's go over there. Exodus 20. Here's the promise of the first commandment. Exodus 20 is where Moses is in the wilderness with the children of Israel. They leave Egypt. They leave Egypt, cross the Red Sea right here, come down into the Sinai Peninsula, down to Sinai, Moses goes up on the mountain and comes down with the Ten Commandments written on tables of stone. Well, isn't that important? Because now the law is written on fleshy tables of our hearts, right? So that's very important. All right. Exodus 20. 
Let's look at this. But the first commandment with a promise is honor your mother and father. All right. So you got the first commandment being the Lord God, have no other gods in verse 3. No graven images in verse 4. You know the Roman Catholics took that out of their Bible. You know that, don't you? They took that out of their Bible. They use a a Westcott, uh, not a Westcott, no, they use the the uh, Texas Receptus, but they took that out. And then he goes on in verse 7. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Taking the name in vain doesn't mean an expletive out of your mouth. Taking the the Shem, the authority of God, men who call themselves preachers or Christians, and they go out here and they call themselves Christian, and they don't tell the truth about it, they're taking God's name in vain. That's a whole lot more than just saying some expletive with your mouth. Then he says, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother. Here's the first commandment with promise. That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Long life. Long life, does that mean eternal life? That's exactly what it means. Eternal life. All right. Eternal life. Let me erase this over here because I may need that. All right. What's the next thing on the list? Long life. All right. Long life. Now, go to Genesis 2 19. Genesis 2, I got it on your list there. Genesis 2 and verse 19. You got two trees in the garden. You got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you got the tree of life. The tree of life is our what? Mother. That's an opposition to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of good and evil. Because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was he, what the one that God said, Thou shalt not. She said, I will if I want to. Do you know that God, G O D, is the word Elohim in the Hebrew? And it is the word theos in the Greek, and they have exactly the same meaning. It means a judge, 
or a magistrate. When God says, thou shalt not, Eve said, I'll be the judge of that. Didn't she? It's exactly what she said. When God tells us, thou shalt not, what was it she wasn't supposed to eat of? Real simple. The tillage of knowledge of good and evil, you'll find it there in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, when Eve came to the tree, in verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, good for food, it was number two, pleasant to the eye. Number three, would make her wise. Mm. Three wishes of the genie. By the way, the word genie is G-E-N-I-I, and it comes from the word gene, and they worship their ancestors as gods. They deified them in the ancient world as gods, and the Jews called the same thing a genie, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That's our word demon, and daemonion comes from dio, meaning to distribute fortunes. There's no such thing as genies. There's nothing but this tree right here. Let me tell you what it is. It wants to distribute the fortunes. Look at 1 John, and then we'll come back right here. Look at 1 John. 1 John 2, starting in about verse 15. 1 John. We're talking about who your mother is and what you're supposed to do about your mother. First John 2, let's start reading it in 15. 2.15. I'll get there in a minute. 2.15. Love not the world. Love not the world? What does that mean? Love is agape. It means don't follow their commandments because agape is a commandment. Second John 6, this is love, this is agape, that we walk after his commandments. That's what agape is. Well, don't love the world. Even God did not love the world, did he? John 3.16 doesn't say that. I have people say, I've got t-shirts that says God does not love everybody. Well, I think he does. <laughs> John 3.16 says he loves everybody. He it does not. I said, so is an adverb. Well, I don't know about that. I just know God loves everybody. For God so loved the world, so is the word huto, H-E-T-E-A-U. Huto. 
And uto is an adverb. Adverbs tell how, when, where, and sometimes why. This adverb so tells how or in what fashion God loved, referring back to verse 14, as Moses was up to serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For God in the same fashion loved the world. What fashion did he love Israel over there in Numbers? He wasn't talking to everybody in the world when he said to Israel, whoever looks at the brazen serpent will live. Whoever looks lives. Who made the hearing eye and the, the seeing eye and the hearing ear? The Lord hath made the seeing eye and the hearing ear. The Lord hath made even both of them, Proverbs 20 and 12. So the ones that looked live. But you can't look at God unless he gives you a seeing eye. Can you? Then he says, Love not the world, neither the things are in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You follow the commandments of the world, God's, there is an evil agape. It's just commandments. When we have a love of God, we follow his commandments. When you have love of the world, you follow the world's commandments. You know what the world's commandments are? Good for food, pleasant to the eye, make one wise. And it says it in the next verse. Look at this. All that is in the world. Here's everything that you can distribute fortunes to yourself the demonion, all that's in the world, let me erase this. Here's everything in the world. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye. And the pride of life is not of the Father, it's of the world. Pride of life. That word lust is the word epithumia. It's a construction of epi means to cover your life with thumos. Thumos to breathe hard after. I want that. I want her. I want him. I want that car. I want that money. I want that job. I want I'm going to do anything to get it. You know what that'll do? Thinking that way, that'll kill you just even saying that over and over. That made me tired to say that. That's the way I used to think. Did you ever think that way? I worked three jobs to have that. I want that car. Well, that's the lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye. That's an interesting thing. Lust of the eye was pleasant to the eye. Good for food is the lust of the flesh. Pleasant to the eye. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A is the word idolatry. Idolatry is a construction of ido and latruo. Latruo means to serve. Ido means to see. Idolatry means to serve what you put into your eyes and your ears. Has anybody had a problem with that besides me? Huh? Everybody here has, haven't you? Have you been involved in idolatry? I don't mean have you bowed down to a statue. Have you bowed down to that person in your mirror that you shave every morning, you comb her hair? Yes, we all have. We're all guilty. 
And that's exactly what idolatry. The Bible says covetousness is idolatry. Covetous is the word pleon ectase. Has anybody been involved in covetousness? It means to want more any way you can get it. That's idolatry. That's just as much as falling down to a Venus tree, and that's the Christmas tree. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that's where the Christmas tree comes from. That right there. And that's our problem. The three wishes of the genie or the demon... And all the old, we don't believe in demons or genies. If you believe in genies or demons, you've got to believe in genies. They were the same thing in different cultures. You have to believe in fairies. You get wishes from a fairy. Here's the wishes right here. Among the Damonion of Israel, they said that was their ancestors and you could get what you wanted from them. You just prayed to your demons and you got what you wanted. So all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the pride, Thus the eyes and the pride of life is not of God, it's of the world. This is our mother over here. Our mother is the tree of life. That's the opposite tree to this one right here. This is what men serve right there. What's amazing is Eve wanted the tree and Adam wanted the woman. That's the problem in the world. The women want to go marry a guy that can buy them the tree. And that's what most of them want. Now, let's read this over here in Genesis 2, 9 through 17. 2, 9. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the dangerous one. And a river was out of the Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and came into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. Pison, it is believed to be the Nile River. Coming right here in Egypt. The Nile River. Well, that's not where the Garden of Eden was. Well, look here. Let's keep reading. And the gold is in that land is good. There is delium and onyx stone. And the name of the second river is, excuse me, is the Nile, is Gihon. The first one was actually Ganges. The Ganges is over here in, in India, and the Nile is over here. No, the Pison is the Ganges River. And then verse 14, or verse 13, and the name of the second is Gihon, the same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is below Egypt, right down here. It's right down here. We're going to pinpoint where the Garden of Eden was located. And the name of the third was Hidekel, which is the Tigris River. The Tigris is the one that runs sort of parallel through the land of Iraq and meets up with, uh, runs parallel more or less with the Euphrates. 
and they both emptied down here into the Persian Gulf. You see Iraq and Iran and Egypt and Jordan. This is everything that the Bible is about. It's where we're over there in a fight right now. Now, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Oh, excuse me. Let me go back to 14. Hadakal, that is, which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, dress it, and to keep it. And the Lord commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of this tree that is the, has the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. People say, well, those apples on that tree, what was on the tree was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. I don't know what it was. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help, meet for him, worthy for him. Then we'll read, we read through 17. Now, they get to the tree in chapter 3, and they come to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, look in Genesis three twenty-two. The Lord said, Behold, the man has become one of us to know good and evil, because they'd eaten of the tree, God had to baptize them. Baptize means to cover with a stain or die. They covered themselves with fig leaves, and God says, that's not enough. God had to kill an animal and cover them with the blood skin of an animal. They bab- the first baptism was in the garden. Baptize them with the skin of an animal. Had to kill it first. Who was that in the garden with Adam? Huh? Now, who was it? Who who was talking to Adam? Huh? It was God, wasn't it? But who was the God in the garden? Who was the God in the garden? Jesus. Jesus. No man has seen God the Father at any time, John, the first chapter says. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Am is a form of the verb to be. You got the being verbs, be, is, am, or, was, were, being, been, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, will, should, would, may, might, must, can, could. That's the being verbs. All of them are a form of the verb to be. Am is a form of the verb to be. And Jesus said before Abraham was, I am the I am God. And the Jews said, we'll kill you for calling yourself God. That's in John the 8th chapter. And Jehovah means self-existent. That's what Jehovah means. I'm not going to argue with you over over the J or the Y. When you translate Hebrew into English, it translates J. There are no vowels in Hebrew. Those were inserted by man. It's just Y-H-W-H. A W and a V are the same thing except for the vowel points. Jehovah is Yahweh. So go argue with somebody else about that. Okay. Now, look here. In Genesis three twenty two, the Lord said, and said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat. He's already eaten, 
He started his sin. This was sin right there. It's everything. Everything in the world is listed under those three things, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. That's not our mother. She hasn't mothered us, not the inner man. Therefore, the Lord God sent forth, sent him forth the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he is taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And that's our mother. The tree of life equals the tree. It equals the tree that God said you can eat of. But they had need of it. The tree of life is the good tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the bad tree. Now, let's go over here to Proverbs 3. Let's see if the tree of life is our mother, okay? What our mother, when you honor your mother, long life is yours. Eternal life is yours. Now look over here in Proverbs 2. Proverbs, the second chapter. I'm going awful slow this morning. Because I'm kind of spelling it out to you. Proverbs 3. My son. Now who's speaking here? God is speaking. My son. Forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall be added to thee oh if you honor your father God father God you get long life that's the same thing you get if you honor your mother isn't it long life or eternal life now let's skip down here and go down to verse 11 I love this. Verse 11. My son, this is God talking. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, because he only does this to sons. whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges. If you don't get the scourge causing you to be a partaker of God's holiness, you are a bastard and not a son. I didn't say that. Hebrews, the 12th chapter says that. You don't belong to God if you're never chastened and causing you to come to holiness. Holiness, hagiosmos, comes to the word holy, hagios. That means to be pure. What makes you pure is fire. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. The word strange is the word X-E-N-I-Z-O. It comes word X-E-N-O-S. means an occasional guest, a stranger. Don't think the fiery trial is a stranger. It's a requirement in the life of every believer. If you're a believer, fire has to come and cause you to be holy and become single because what you do when you turn up the fire, you purify the gold, you purify the silver, and all the lesser metals burn out. And all of this will burn out of you a little bit at a time, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. If you get to be 
in your late 70s like I am, you can see it all burning. I can see what I used to. I used to go after this right here. I used to go after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life as much as anybody in here. That's what I was after. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be famous. I had this great singing voice. I really did. That's not a boast. That's just something that I had. And I wanted to expand it and do something with it. And all I did was lose my voice when God got through beating me up. Give me chronic bronchial asthma. I can't hardly get through two songs. When Ken is not here and I have to lead the singing, it's a struggle just to get through two songs because i got bronchitis coming up out of my lungs. God blessed me by giving me that bronchitis. I thank God for that. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even a father in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Now, we're going to call wisdom wisdom and understanding. You're going to find that wisdom and understanding is referred to as she. Wisdom and understanding is our mother. That's what the Bible says. And it says here, Wisdom and, and the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She, she, she is more precious than rubies. Wisdom and understanding is a she. In all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her wisdom and understanding. Notice what you get from her when you when you embrace wisdom and understanding. Length of days. You get eternal life from wisdom and understanding. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. And her ways, notice wisdom and understanding is referred to as hers because this is your mother. This is what you're supposed to listen to, not to listen to some woman that's drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette and saying, hey, blankety blank, I'm your mother. You honor me. This is my day. No, it's not. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life isn't that fantastic when you get to that the tree of life is our mother isn't that great and to them that lay hold upon her happy is everyone that retaineth her the tree of life our mother the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth by understanding and hath established the heavens Look over here in verse chapter 4. Verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. Notice the feminine gender pronoun. Wisdom and understanding is a her. It's the tree of life. It's our mother. You say, Jim, I don't understand all this. You have to look at things in figurative language. That's the way the Bible is written. She shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. 
And he says, verse 13, take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her for she is thy life. And that, so that's our mother, wisdom and understanding. Well, I thought that was, I thought that was Jerusalem. What it is. That's our mother. Well, what is Jerusalem? Well, look here at, well, let me go to Proverbs. Uh, 15 Proverbs 15 Proverbs 15 let's read verse 1 a soft answer turneth away wrath boy I have learned that in my old age I talk soft and gentle I don't talk loud out in public, I do from the pulpit. I walk up to people and I say gentle things to them. Very quiet. I had on a t-shirt yesterday that said, God does not love everybody. And we're down at the market and the guy walked up and was just talking. I asked him if he had public access, if he had Comcast TV. He said, yeah, I do. I said, I'm on there every night. I said, it's just like that, real gentle. I said, let me give you a DVD. Told him a little about predestination and went on my way. Soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. I don't have time to go in the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, showing him strong, self-strong and for those whose parts are perfect towards God. That's the eyes of the Lord. But the eyes of the Lord are the seven candlesticks, and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches of Asia. You know what comes to my mind when I say that? A million things. I ain't going to talk more more about it. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. That's your mother. Whoever has a wholesome tongue, the word is marpe. M-A-R-P-E. Curative. It reminds me at the end of time there in Luke twenty-one twenty-five. There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The word perplexity is the word aporia. It means no cure. At the end of time... That's what we're in right now. America's in trouble with God. We're not going to cure. We're going to get rid of our national debt. This thing's going to get worse and worse till it collapses. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. So a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. You don't have a different tree of life over here than you have over here. It's the same tree of life. It's our mother. But perverseness... Therein is a breach in the spirit. The spirit is the truth. Perverseness means to be twisting God's word. Now, let's look at some. Go over here to Revelation 2. The tree of life is the same everywhere you find it. And she gives. It is a she. It's our mother. She gives long day, length of days and long life. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's the same thing. 
isn't it? It's not like it's difficult. All right, go to go to uh, Revelation two. Revelation two and verse. Gosh, I don't want to read it by myself. Read it alone. Look at verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, the seven churches of Asia. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. To him that overcometh, what's the word that over, what's the word overcometh? Does anybody remember the word to overcome? Huh? What? Nikao. This is a verb. N-I-K-L. Overcome. It is the verb form of N-I-K-E. Nike. I'm quite sure the men who invented those shoes got this from the Greek language. Nike. If you had to buy Nike shoes, you can outrun everybody, right? Well, this word Nike means victory. And in 1 John, the fifth chapter, what is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. And faith is death to self, isn't it? You believe God, you quit believing yourself. Death to self. It's death to this tree over here. Faith is the way you overcome wanting everything. If you memorize a lot of these Greek words and go around and use them all the time, it'll make people angry at you and you won't ever be able to impress them with your car, your diamond rings. Nothing you have will impress them. So you'll do like me. I wear shorts every day and a T-shirt that's got something that says uh, predestination is true. If you don't believe it, you're antichrist. I'll, I'll, the heart of the message, i got to have me a T-shirt and read up. Billy Graham's lies accept Christ and sinner's prayer. That's his lies that he preached. It's not true. Now, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So he that overcometh in faith gets the tree of life or gets the mother. Gets their mother. Gets their father, which is God. Now, look over here in Revelation, well, let me let me go ahead and finish reading this. Tim that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Paradise means a garden. That's what it means. And that's very simple. The garden of God, I don't know what that will be in heaven when we get there, but I'd rather be there than anywhere else. Now look at Revelation 22. This is not a different tree of life. It's the same tree of life. The tree of life is our mother. Our mother is Jerusalem. And we're going to see that Jerusalem is the church. That's our mother. Is the church the mother? Is the mother church? It's not the Catholic church. It's our mother church. The word church, ecclesia, means called out. We're called out of this world to live righteously and godly. There's not an... 
Nobody in Tennessee is preaching this Mother's Day message. You can believe that. I've never heard anybody that knew it. Now, look here in Revelation 22. 22. Verse 1. The Lord showed me a pure river of water, of life. Well, the water of life is the truth. It doesn't mean there's a little river flowing. And clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne and of the Lamb. What is the throne of God in Revelation? What's the throne? Does anybody remember? God ruled Israel from the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the Ark of the Covenant inside the holy place. The Holy of Holies was called the house of God. Christ is the son of his own house. Whose house are we? The reason it was called the house is because he dwelt, which means to build a house or to marry. He dwelt between these cherubim on each end of the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, inside the Ark of the Covenant was tables of stone with the law written on tables of stone. Was the law. And then you can find that in Hebrews, the ninth chapter. And then you had also a pot of manna, which was a picture of Christ. Manna. You had Aaron's rod that budded. Don't have time to go into all that. You had the table of showbread here. You had the the altar of incense and the seven candlesticks here. You had the, no, I got it wrong. The brazen sea was down here, and the altar where the this was the brazen altar, the brazen sea. These are all of beaten gold in here. The throne of God, He came down and sat upon the Ark of the Covenant. What is the Ark of the Covenant now? The law was written on tables of stone back here in the Old Testament. Now the law is written in the third chapter of Second Corinthians on fleshy tables of our hearts. You have to look at figurative language. Don't you? So, proceeded out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The throne of God is our hearts now. In the midst of the street, on either side of the river, of this river of life coming out of our hearts, was there a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, kindness. Against such there is no law. That's the fruit that comes out of this tree of life. But the tree of life is Christ living in us, isn't it? And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now, let's go to, over to Hebrews 12. I'll look at this mother further. Hebrews 12. I love this message. This really reveals a lot, doesn't it? The tree of life is our mother, and these verses are going to tell you it's the church. The mother church is not the Roman Catholic church. 
the word church, ecclesia, means called out. That's the word church. It comes from the word ek and kaleo. We get the word exit from this word ek. That word exit over there comes from ek, means out. Kaleo means to call. God's called has called us out of this world to live righteously and godly and holy. Now look here. How much time do I have, Mike? Oh, man, I better get on with it. I'm not... Huh? 18. All right. Well, if you wait, let me get this. This goes with what I'm talking about. Psalms what? 46.4. Let me look at it real quick if I can get to it. Psalms 46.4. All right, I'll look at that, and then I'll go back to this other. Psalms 46. All right. 46.4. There is a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, and the city of God is Jerusalem, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. We are the tab. The word tabernacle in the New Testament is the word skene, S K E. It's actually skeus, S K E U S. It's a form of the word skene, which means a wife. This is the word tabernacle. When John says the tabernacle of God is with man, tabernacle means a wife that's useful to her husband. That's the church. A tabernacle is a mobile temple. We're walking around on this earth. We're the mobile temple of God. We don't have our feet set in concrete. We're walking around being God's temple. No, you're not. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, look over here in Hebrews 12. I'm not going to get to that over the paper I gave you. I'll get to that next week. Hebrews well, I'm talking about doing the wrong way. Hebrews 12. All right. So our mother, we we can review this up here, 12. Our mother, those who do the will of the Father. Our mother is Jerusalem. That's what Galatians, the fourth chapter, tells us. Mark, the third chapter, tells us those that do the will of our Father is our mother. And Jerusalem is our mother in Galatians 4. Honor thy mother and thy father in Ephesians 6. And thy days will be long upon the land which the Lord thy giveth thee. And the tree of life is our mother because she gives you length of days and long life and wisdom and understanding. That's her and she gives length of days and long life. That's eternal life. Now, look here in Hebrews 12. Verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched. If you touch the mountain of God in the Old Testament, you'd die. They'd thrust you through with the spear. When Moses was up on the mountain, nobody could come there and touch that. That burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, 
which voice they had heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain where Moses was up there receiving the law of God, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart. A dart was a spear. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. The word exceedingly fear is ekphobeo. People say you're not supposed to fear God. Phobeo is our word phobia or phobos. And it's not like our word phobia. It means a fear. And Moses said, I was frightened out of my wits when I got up there on the mountain. Scared the life out of me. Fell on his face and he couldn't move. People say, we don't need to be afraid of God. You're ignorant. When the Bible says in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. That's not this word phobos. That's the word D-E-I-L-I-A. And that was an admonition to Timothy to set aside his gentle, backward ways God hadn't given to the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And when you have a sound, a hugiano mind, and you can think rational, you can speak out. Then he says, But ye are come to Mount Zion. He's going to tell you who Mount Zion is. Zion was the city, where Jer- was the mountain on which Jerusalem sat. We're come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Wait a minute. Is Jerusalem our mother? It goes on to say, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and to the church. This word church is in a is items in a series church is the heavenly jerusalem that is our mother isn't it that's what it says here to the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to god the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect perfect is not our word perfect it's the word teleos It means mature, grown up. That is the true church of God, is the mature church that's gone through fire and caused to be made holy, and we are mature believers. And that is the mother. The mother is us. We are our own mother. And you can only get instruction from sound doctrine like Proverbs 15 says. You got to be, we should be teaching each other the truth. Not some opinion, Pentecostal opinion, or some Baptist opinion. I know Baptist, I was a Baptist preacher. My father was a Baptist preacher. The Baptists have gone the way of all the earth. They just sold out and gone with all this error in it. The Baptist church used to preach predestination. They don't preach it anymore. Now, let's go to Revelation 21. I'm just following through with this. Revelation 21. 
Be sure and keep hold on to your paper for next week, that other paper. Who do we get instruction from? Huh? We get it from our mother. The mother was the instructor. That's why God said, don't intermarry your daughters to these pagans. Because if you do, they'll go out here and they'll teach your children wrong. When you teach, you teach your children to obey the word of God. And boy, when you talk about obey, people go berserk on you. We're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works. Ah, sound like a parrot. If the independent Baptist sounded like. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in these good works. The word good is the word agathos. It means beneficial. Agathos works. Beneficial works of God. You can't just come up. I gave you a paper that's talking about works. Or about obeying God. You've got hundreds of places. Obedience to God all through the scripture. And people just say. We don't have to obey God. We just walk down the aisle and get saved. No you don't. No you didn't. I, I resent that. Preachers said. Just walk down the aisle. Accept Christ and pray the sinner's prayer. There is no sinner's prayer for salvation. We know that God heareth not sinners. If a man be a worshiper of God. And doeth his will. Him heareth. Besides this. Are any of you going to pray to Zeus this morning? Would you like to bow your head and we'll pray to Zeus or Jupiter? What would be your choice of gods that we pray to, huh? You don't pray to a god you don't believe in. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? There's no sinner's prayer for salvation. That is a doctrine that it was spun an evil spinning by Billy Graham. He got that thing going all over the world and it's in all the churches and he was the cause of it. That in let Jesus come into your heart. Your heart is wicked and evil. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Why would Jesus want to come into a heart like that? He's got to give us a new heart, doesn't he? The word heart meant the place of understanding. Look here in Revelation. Gosh, I can't finish this. Revelation 21, verse 2. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride. What is the bride of Christ? It's the church. This is not saying what these Revelation preachers are saying. It says, notice over here in Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation, the third chapter. says these same words. This is figurative language. And the church is our mother. That's the tree of life. Revelation 3. Back to the word that overcometh. Verse 12. Let him that overcometh. Nikao. Get the word Nike out of that. And over there in First John the 5th chapter. Faith is a victory that overcometh the world. It'll overcome the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. When you learn the word of God. It's easy to talk to people because you got something to say that they don't know nothing about. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of God. Is he going to make us all marble pillars? Uh, is, that, is he going to go do like they did uh, Lot's wife, go boing and turn us all into marble? 
that what he's talking about? No. Him that has faith and overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Spirit of my God, and he will go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God. That's exactly the words there in Revelation 21, isn't it? It's talking about the church. If you miss figurative language, you've missed the whole point of most of the Bible. You're not going to see the tree of life being our mother, being the same thing as the mother that for the first commandment was promised. The promise is length of days and long life, eternal life for those that honor God, the father and their mother, Jerusalem, the church, the tree of life. Does that seem hard? You got the notes right there in front of you. Just go over them. Look at them when you get home. Do I have any time, Mike? Four. Gosh, I got so much more. Got that last verse in Isaiah sixty-five seventeen. Isaiah, and it says the same thing. New Jerusalem is not the Jerusalem over there on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. It's not the Jerusalem here. New Jerusalem is the church. This Jerusalem over here was called Sodom and Egypt in the 11th chapter of Revelation, even the place where our Lord is crucified. Why would he call that Jerusalem New Jerusalem? He wouldn't. He says over there in Revelation 11, I did four and a half years on the book of Revelation. I'm familiar with the book. Four and a half years on Sunday night, we had 236 messages. I went through all these words, defined the words. You know what it takes to do that? Sweat, tears, night after night after night after night after night. That's what it takes to do it. I can't hit a baseball very far, and I can't catch... A ball, very good, and I'm not a quarterback. But if you get good at that, it takes practice, 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 practice. If you get good at the Word, it takes practice. The 11th chapter of Revelation, speaking of the two witnesses, which is the church also, by the way, and their dead bodies of the two witnesses, which is the priest and the king, shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, he's not going to compare New Jerusalem with that, is he? No. I was going to read this in Isaiah 65. And I don't know if I got time. I didn't even get to this other paper. Isaiah 65. When God says, I'm turning away from Israel, I'm going to call my people by another name. That's going to be Gentile church. That's going to be the mother of us all. 65. And this says the same thing that Revelation 21 says. Sixty-five. Well, I went to Jeremiah. What am I doing? Excuse me. 
Isaiah 65. I, I like to take this whole chapter and teach you, but I don't have time. Verse 17, Behold, I create new heavens and new earth. The heavens was the ruling class. The earth was the ruled. When he says new heavens, when you look at the word heavens in McClellan Strong, the first thing it goes into is the ruling class. You can look up Mount. You go into it. It says a capital city of an empire. See, we don't know nothing if we don't go to the culture. Behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former or old Jerusalem will be forgotten, shall not be remembered, nor come to mind. But ye, but be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I'll rejoice in Jerusalem and say, Joy in my people and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in Jerusalem, the church, our mother, nor the voice of crying when Nebuchadnezzar comes in to slaughter and take and just raise the city and cut it to the ground. I, we we got through all these verses on these pages right here. That's all we got through. So our mother is all of these. It's Jerusalem, but it's heavenly Jerusalem, the church, isn't it? And we're not supposed to be running with anybody else, are we? I think Mike's blanking me. I'm out of time, ain't I? I hope you'll take this home and read those verses. And I will come back next week. And I'll go through this obedience. I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home when you started to say, obey God. Well, we don't believe in being saved by works. Well, obey is all through the Bible. We're his workmanship. We're reading creed in Christ Jesus unto good works. When you see the word doeth, he that doeth righteous is righteous. Is that doing something? He that doeth truth cometh to the light. Not that he that says I walked down the aisle and I came to the light of Jesus and I get to go live the way I want to. No, you don't. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for your word. I don't know what to ask for anymore. Just give me strength to keep preaching and help the church to grow and be strong. God will praise you for everything. Fight our battles. We'll praise you for all things in Christ's name. Amen. Last Mother's Day message. Hope you liked it. Mother's Day. I don't think my mother would like it. Well, I don't think she would either, but but most mothers won't. What if she don't like that message? She don't like nothing. She likes flowers. That's all. How you doing there? Hanging on? Yep. Happy to be visiting with you. Huh? So I'm happy to be visiting with We're you. We're glad you're here, man. Just keep plugging away and keep working at truth. And John, John is uh, all right. Uh, Lily's son, John, is 
Is he okay? I guess. I hadn't seen him in a while. I didn't know if he got bad health or something. Usually his car breaks down until he gets some money. He has to stay at home. Maybe what it is. Maybe. What do y'all want? You want some gum? I am the gum patrol, ain't I? Gum. Now, what kind do y'all want? Oops, look what I did. Did I do that or did you do it? Did I do it? You gonna, Can you put that together or you want me to do it? <laughs> Thank you, sweetie pie. Thank you for being helpful. Thank you. You sure can. What kind do you want? You want what? Hey, do you say you're going to order some more of those books there, the Benagrian book? Are you going to order some more of those? Yeah, we've, we've got a bunch coming in. Why is that? You want to get one? Yeah, I want to get one. Okay. Yeah, well, I get one when you order some more. Huh? Well, go ahead and take that one. You can bring the money back to me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. You want some gum? You want watermelon? Uh -huh. uh, okay. They didn't finish making your shirt. It's got holes in it. Got a big hole in your shirt right there. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be? Okay. I told her she had a hole in her shirt. Yeah. So that's the way it's supposed to be. That tree of life has always been so interesting. That really is. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the exact opposite of that. That's what sin is. It's the opposite tree. Hey, I didn't get to that other paper. I figured I better say something about Mother's Day. Show people that I don't believe what they believe. Hey, what are you doing? How's everything going? As God wills. As God wills. That's exactly right. And not as Bob wills. Not as Bob wills. And the, and the Texas Playboys. <laughs> Deep within my heart. You're funny. They were in that picture. Aaron's not even born yet. Is that down yonder? Yeah, that's down yonder. Down yonder, someone's waiting for me. That was, must have been. Ecuador. 2000. Gosh, they were little, wasn't they? Huh? Couldn't have been any more than 2013. This was 2013. That's, had to have been because Rosie was born in 2010. Look how little she was. Yeah. 
She, she may have been only two. They are boogers. That's before she had the glasses. Yep. That's neat. That's neat. I yeah. like that. Looking back. This is when the city was a stranger to us. <laughs> we hadn't lived there yet. We were still here. Thank you for helping me. You just don't know how much I appreciate it. It makes things easier. To see it. You know? I write little notes all over it. Yeah. That's okay. I just appreciate your help. You know, Brittany's the one that's been printing them a lot. Has she? Yeah. My printer's not two-sided, so when I mentioned that to her, she said, well, mine is. So. Hey, Zacho. How you doing? Good. See you. Good. What are you doing there, brother? Everything good? Yeah, hanging on. Just. I like that message today. I'm going to have to get some people on some Mother's Day messages today. So. Well, it ain't what people think. Comes out of paganism. Isn't it funny? Honoring a woman for something that God did. Yeah. That was huge. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That and the women that are barren that can't have kids. What about women that. they have them out of marriage. What about women that have babies that have got some. I was reading about this woman, their kids have got. Leukemia, they're born with it. Mm-hmm. What about her? We're going to honor her and say, bring your kids up here. It, it's all perverted, twisted. What do you want, some gum? Huh? What do you want, this kind? Okay. Did you get gum? No. What kind do you want? Man, that's so true. Well, I mean, I heard it, but I hadn't heard it in the context of the truth. 